Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. Today, I'm sharing one of my most memorable Linda moments. We've got a quick and easy vocab lesson, and then I'm going to share a quote I came across this week in philosophy. Later on in the Everyday Style lecture, we're going to break down the five elements of style. Have you ever wondered why some women just look effortlessly stylish all the time, like their wardrobe is just an an extension of themselves. It's a part of them. It looks super authentic. While the rest of us are struggling to put cute outfits together, and no matter what we try, something always seems off, chances are the stylish women we admire have these five areas working in harmony. We're going to talk about what they are and some of the common disconnects I see in these five elements. But before we do all that, let's check in on your homework from the last episode. Last time we were together, I challenged you to focus on just one of the three style rules you should follow. Which one did you pick and did you do it? I'd love to hear all about it in the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook. If you didn't do your homework, no worries. There's always time. All right, let's kick it off as we always do with lessons from Linda. Normally, I start out by sharing why the Linda of the week called me. But this Linda didn't call me at all. This Linda did not email me. She didn't send me a Facebook message or slide into my DMs on Instagram. She didn't even send a carrier pigeon to my house. Nope. This Linda ambushed me. Let me explain. A few years ago, I was on stage speaking to a group of about 100 women. I was in my element because you know I love to speak on stage. I was having a great time when out of the corner of my eye, I saw a woman walking up onto the stage, up the stairs and onto the stage towards me. I kept talking and she walked right up to me mid-sentence and handed me a note. Now, I'm a mom, so the first place my mind went was, oh my God, something has happened to one of my children or my husband has been in a car accident. Surely there has got to be something very wrong for this to be happening. I stopped and I opened the note and here's what it said. Can we go shopping after this? I have family pictures tomorrow and I have nothing to wear. Please help. Now, my first thought was, thank God my people are okay. My second thought was, for real, we are doing this right now. But I finished up and I I gently nudged her off the stage since she was waiting for an answer. And afterwards, I made my way over to her. I have this little mantra that I repeat to myself every Friday afternoon as I tell myself I'm not going to check email till Monday. And here it is. There's no such thing as a clothing emergency. There's no such thing as a clothing emergency. And while I totally get that everyday style helps women buy clothes and not beat cancer, 
The reality is there are clothing emergencies, and I am a total sucker for women who are having one. Now, I considered her situation to be a true emergency because that sucks to you know, go into your family pictures not knowing what you're going to wear. So I rearranged my afternoon plans and we went shopping right after the event. Like she followed me in her car to the mall and there we went. It's the only time I've shopped for three hours in heels and I was miserable the entire time. I'm going to be diving back into this Linda experience for another story another day because it was a gold mine of lessons. But long story short, we found her the perfect outfit for her photos It coordinated with what she'd planned for her kids and her husband, and she went home excited instead of panicked for her family photo session, which was my goal. Here's what I want you to take away from this, Linda. First of all, when you know you have something that might require an outfit that's not part of your everyday wardrobe, do not wait until the last minute to plan what you're going to wear. Linda did not book that photo session five minutes before she walked on stage. She probably had it on the calendar for months. Nothing good is ever bought in a panic. You all know this. I know you know this. The things you buy at the 11th hour usually cost far more and are worn far less than clothes you don't buy under duress. My best tip on this one is that when you put something on your calendar you may need to find an outfit for... Go into your closet and find something that would work. It takes the pressure off to know that there is a backup outfit. Just like it's easier to find a job when you have a job, it's easier to find something to wear when you have something to wear. If you're not happy with your fallback outfit, plan a shopping trip sooner rather than later. Don't leave it to chance or plan to find something the day before. The more time there is between shopping And the event, the more likely you are to end up with something you love and will wear again and won't just be a one-time use waste of money. My second takeaway for you is this, and I want to talk about it as we head into the holidays, and lots of families will be taking photos. Choose your outfit first. More often than not, my Lindas start with what the kids are going to wear, then pick something easy for the husband, and then worry about themselves. Why? I hate to break it to you, but you probably care more about these photos than anybody else and how you look in them. Start with yourself. Choose your best colors as the family palette and the outfit you feel best in as the vibe for the whole photo shoot, and then pick your kids' outfits. I get it. Kids' clothes are cute and fun to buy, and you've got the perfect dress for your daughter as inspiration for the whole thing, but it is much easier to find something an eight-year-old will look cute in than it is to find something a 40-something mom feels good in. Am I right? Trust me. Trust me on this one. Husband or partner or whoever you have, their outfits come last. It's not because we value them the least, but in most family photo situations, their outfits tend to be the most basic and neutral, and the pieces are probably hanging in their closet already. If not, you can run out and pick up a shirt or a sweater, whatever it is, very, very easily. Focus on liking the way you look, and you'll probably like the photos a whole lot more. Let's move on to the word of the week. Today's word is pointel. It's spelled P-O-I-N-T-E-L-L-E, and it's pronounced pointel. Pointel is a knitting technique that creates small eyelet-type holes in the pattern, which usually come together to make a lacy, floral, or geometric pattern. 
Pointelle is really common on sweaters, either as an all-over pattern or just as an accent. And Pointelle is having, as I like to say, a major moment. This is a big trend going into winter. Now, while Pointelle is most common on sweaters, any knit garment can feature this technique. You actually find it a lot on socks. If you don't know what a knit garment is versus a woven garment, check out episode three where I discuss knits versus wovens. If you need a visual of Pointel, head to the show notes at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash episode 19 for examples of Pointel pieces under $50. All right, that one was super easy. Let's head over to philosophy. This week, I ran across a quote by author Victor Laval, who was asked in an interview about the significance of the clothing his characters wore. Here's what he had to say. Clothes are a kind of uniform, a nun's habit, a surgeon's scrubs, a cop's uniform. People often say that when they put on a certain type of uniform, they actually think of themselves differently. A firefighter actually feels braver, more able to accomplish their incredibly hard jobs if he or she is dressed like one, end quote. Now, you may not be a nun or a surgeon or a cop or a firefighter, but what you wear does affect how you see yourself. This is why I believe in getting dressed with intention. If you want to be that woman who exercises every day, get dressed in cute workout clothes that make you feel like the athlete you want to be. If you want to be the mom who has it all together, change out of your PJs to drop your kids at the school. If you're feeling like an overachiever, put on pants that actually feature a button and a zipper. If you want to be the business owner who commands top dollar for what she does, dress like you're going to run into a client at Starbucks. What you put on your body every single morning affects how you see yourself. So tomorrow, I want you to ask yourself who you want to be and then dress like it. We'll be back in just a minute to talk about the five elements of style. This episode of the Everyday Style School is sponsored by the Winter Capsule Wardrobe Guide. Normally, the Winter Capsule Guide would be released December 1st, but my team and I are working overtime to get it out by November 22nd. Subscribers will have their printable shopping list in hand to take advantage of all the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, and there's even enough time to help you pick the perfect outfit for Thanksgiving. Like always, the Capsule Guys show you how to make over 125 stylish outfits out of just 34 pieces. We show you which pieces to buy, give you links so you know where to buy them, and give you pictures of how to mix and match the pieces for the most versatile, effortlessly stylish wardrobe you can imagine. This season, we've added the workwear edit, which shows you exactly how to turn this polished casual capsule into the perfect office wardrobe. No need to buy another guide or figure it out on your own. We've done the hard work for you, so you can have more style with less stuff and less stress. To make sure you're on the list when the winter guide is released, head to the show notes and sign up for the free mini capsule wardrobe guide. It will give you a look into what capsule wardrobes are all about and make sure you don't miss the launch of the winter guide November 22nd. And now back to the show. Today we are talking about the five elements of style. On the pre-service questionnaire that I send out to clients, I ask women to name someone whose style they admire and three things they like about her style. So often I hear things like, she just has really great style, or she has a defined look, or her look is unique to her. A really common answer to this question is some something along the lines of, 
Even though I don't want her style, she's always put together. But what is it? What do these women have in common? It's not the same style over and over, and it's not perfect bodies and unlimited budget. What these women have is synergy between these five different elements of style. When all of these things work together, the result is a look that is well-defined and authentic to the wearer. When there are disconnects, the result is a style that never seems to come together or is just missing something, or it's a wardrobe that feels a bit like it belongs to someone else. My goal today is to introduce you to the five elements and help explain some of these common disconnects that I've seen over the years. Each element could be a podcast episode unto its own, and the body type one definitely is. So I won't be going super in-depth into each one, but you should walk away from this discussion with enough knowledge to begin to understand how these five elements are affecting your style. Let's dig in. The first element, and frankly the most important one, is your mindset. This is something we don't often consider, but it has a huge impact on our style. From believing you're worth investing time and resources in, to challenging the idea that some women are just more stylish than others, how you feel about style is the basis with which you make all your style and wardrobe choices, even if you're not aware of it. Here are a few questions to ask yourself to start to understand your style mindset. First, ask yourself, how do you view style and getting dressed? For you, is it a chore or is it self-care? Is it a form of self-expression or is the sole purpose of your wardrobe to make sure you don't get a public nudity citation? It's important to understand neither answer is right or wrong, but your answer is going to have a huge impact on the finished look. Second, do you think some women are born with style gene and some women just aren't? If you believe you weren't born with an innate sense of style, do you think it can be learned? How you feel about your style potential affects how much you put into it. If you feel like it's hopeless, you'll never love the way you look, you're probably going to be a lot less willing to even try. On the other hand, if you think you can build your style muscle and that's important to you, you're more likely to try different things on your quest to discover what works for you. And in the end, you're going to build that style muscle. Finally, ask yourself where personal style ranks in your priorities. This is a huge one. How much time, effort, and money are you willing to spend to love the way you look? You know I believe that style can be easy and it doesn't have to break the bank, but there is the reality that having a wardrobe that makes you feel and look amazing requires some time and effort and, yes, spending money once in a while. The most common disconnect I see in the mindset element are women who claim style is a priority but then have a million excuses why they can't have a wardrobe they love. I hear things like this all the time. I can't have cute shoes because I have problem feet. I can't have style I like because I have kids. It must be nice to have time and money to focus on yourself. They don't make cute clothes for plus size women. I could go on and on. My point is this, it's easy to look at super stylish women and think it just happens easily for them and we'd look like that too if it wasn't for all the forces holding us back. That's simply not true. There is no such thing as effortless style. These women put work into it. Style doesn't come when all the conditions are right. Style comes when you care about how you look and decide to make it a priority, plain and simple. I want to be very clear that there is no shame if style isn't a priority. 
There have been times in my life where it wasn't important to me, so I get it. But you can't say it's a priority for you and then be unwilling to put any effort in. That's where this disconnect lies. Your action should match your mindset. The second element is your personality. Stylist Rachel Zoe said this, Style is a way to say who you are without having to speak. Quick, do me a favor. Look down at your outfit. Could people tell anything about you or your personality by what you're wearing? Style gets personal when you inject your personality into it. So I encourage my clients to think of their style as an outward expression of their personality. So how do you do that? That sounds a little bit difficult. Where do you start? For years, I've had clients create what I call style guideposts. These are three words that describe your personality and what you want people to see when someone looks at you. They could be things like fun, modern, bold, romantic, conservative, artistic, sporty, quirky, classy, earthy, sophisticated, minimalistic. I could go on and on and you can make up your own. But once you've picked your three words, measure every single item in your closet every piece you want to buy, and every outfit you put together against those three words. If it doesn't match, don't buy it, don't keep it, or change something about your outfit to make it match those words. There are two disconnects in this element to think about. The first is between the first and second elements. Lots of us think that thinking about our style or making it a priority is silly or frivolous. We talked about that in the last episode. But then we expect the end result of our endless buying and trying and returning to be a cohesive look that we like. But if you don't know where you're going, how do you know how to get there? It's kind of like starting to paint a picture with no idea what you want to end up with. And then at the end, expecting that painting to match your living room perfectly. What are the odds of that? It's the same thing with your style. If you are buying things randomly without thinking about how you want to look, the chances that are that you're going to end up looking the way you want are pretty small. The second disconnect is this, and it's a big reason women don't have wardrobes that reflect their personalities. So often we default to the practical and safe. When you're standing in front of that big table of sweaters, be honest. Do you go for the bright color you love or do you look at it for a minute and then end up with the gray one because it will go with everything? Do you look with longing at the leather Spanx leggings and then end up with the plain cotton ones because you're afraid of what people will think if you wear them to the bus stop? Until you give yourself permission to like what you like and buy what you like, you'll never have real personal style. This is your permission slip to buy the thing you love. All right, the third style element is your lifestyle. This is a big area women struggle with, marrying how they want to look and how they really live. In the Everyday Style Lounge, every once in a while, I'll ask people to describe their style in three words. Guess what? Those are their guideposts. The next day, I'll ask if the outfit they're wearing matches their self-described style. I hear a lot of no because. No because I worked out today. No because I'm staying home all day. No because I had a meeting at work. These women are missing the point. Style shouldn't be a once in a while thing when all the conditions are right. When you marry your style, which is the way you want to look, with your lifestyle, which is the way you really live, that's when you're stylish all the time. It's important to be realistic about your lifestyle. 
Otherwise, you're dressing for a life you don't have and you will never wear those clothes. Often when clients shop with me, they want to buy clothes that are a little dressier than they normally wear. I get it. They're investing a lot of money. They feel like they should put together this should wardrobe, and it's an opportunity for reinvention to do a little bit better. I had one Linda want nothing but dress pants and blouses. She was a stay-at-home mom coming out of that little kid haze, and to her, She's been wearing tees and yoga pants for years, but she wanted to feel put together. And for her, that meant dressing up because that's what her former life was before she had kids. We argued in the fitting room about whether or not she was actually going to reach for those dress pants on a random Tuesday when she was going to the grocery store, or she would just default to the old leggings because there wasn't anything that honored her style and fit her lifestyle. She finally admitted I was right, and we put her in comfy ponty pants and cute knit tops that had a little something extra to them. We married her style and her lifestyle. All of a sudden, she was going the places she needed to go, looking the way she wanted to look. The best way to apply your style to your lifestyle is to use those three guideposts whenever you're shopping, whether it's for work clothes or workout clothes. Let's say your words are modern, fun, and bold. If you are shopping for athleisure wear, buy athleisure pieces that are modern, fun, and bold. If you are shopping for work dresses, look for work dresses that are modern, fun, and bold. You'll end up with a wardrobe that fits your style, honors your lifestyle, and feels authentic and stylish all the time. Obviously, the biggest disconnect this solves is the personality versus lifestyle elements, But I also think this speaks to our mindset as well. Recognize that style isn't about dressing up once in a while when conditions are perfect, when you're going to place that you have this perfect outfit in mind for. It's about weaving your personality through all aspects of your life so you love the way you look all the time. Moving on, our fourth element is physical characteristics. These would include your body shape and your coloring. Both of these topics are so big that there's no way I could cover in depth any of them. So I will just point you to some other resources. If you want a lot of body shape knowledge and you haven't listened to podcast episodes two through six, I would suggest you start there. I'm working on a color class at the moment, but there are a ton of resources out there and I will link to a video that I did in the show notes. My goal for right now in this episode is to get you understanding how these things affect your style and how they're connected to the other elements. There are lots of disconnects to be found here. The first one is mindset. I come across a lot of women who think color and flattery rules are absolutely unbreakable. They have to have the right shade of blue or the perfect neckline. And if they can't be best all the time, don't bother. That simply isn't true. I think it's important to know what your bests are, but it's okay to trade flattery points for style points, as I'm sure you've heard me say over the years. Best silhouettes and colors are one part of the style equation, but wearing things that make you feel stylish and make you feel fabulous, that matters too. For example, one of my absolute favorite outfits is a camel-colored cap sleeve mock turtleneck sweater tunic. I wear it over a striped long sleeve tee with leggings or skinny jeans and over-the-knee boots. I love this outfit. It feels so me. However, mock turtlenecks are really not my best. You'll probably never see me wear this outfit on camera, but I love it. And on occasion, it's worth it not to extend my neck as long as I can 
for it to be a super cool outfit. It's okay not to hit those bests all the time. The second mindset piece is that you need to decide, again, how much of a priority this is for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being, I don't care at all, I just wear what I want, to 10, which is, if it's not best for me, I won't wear it. Where do you fall? If you answered one or two, don't be surprised if you often feel a little bit frumpy. You might want to kick it up just a notch. It's hard to be stylish if your clothes don't, for the most part, flatter you. If you answered a nine or a 10, don't be surprised if you feel like you're in a style rut. You may not be leaving yourself enough room to have fun. I want to share a couple of Linda stories that demonstrate the disconnects we find in this element. One thing to understand is that certain colors evoke certain styles, and the more tied you are to wearing your perfect colors, the more you might find yourself struggling with some, but not all, styles. Let me give you an example. I worked with one Linda who refused to wear anything other than her colors. She would only wear her colors. She had a little swatch book in her purse, and if it wasn't on those little pieces of paper, she was not buying it or wearing it. Her colors were brown, gold, oranges, green, very warm tones, very autumnal tones. She would not touch black. She didn't even own black pants, which is really a commitment. I've never met anybody else who doesn't own black pants. Her problem, though, is that she always felt like she looked country. Her word, not mine. She wanted to look more sleek, sophisticated, and urban. Brown isn't a super urban color. I know it's coming back into fashion, but it has not been the neutral color that urban wardrobes have been built on for the last 20 years. That has been strictly black. So in this case, she was wearing colors that were best for her, but they didn't match with the colors that her ideal style had. So there was a disconnect. It's the same with body shape. I worked with a Linda who was an apple shape, which meant that her middle was her biggest measurement and she had a bigger upper body compared to her bottom half. Linda loved all things preppy and nautical, and she wanted that style. The problem with that is that a preppy style uses a lot of tucked-in silhouettes, super-structured shirts on top, uh, belts, layers, crewnecks, all things that highlighted the parts she didn't want to show off and did nothing for the parts that she did like. I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with who are women with well-defined waists, either pairs or hourglasses, who want this boho, relaxed, free-spirited style. And then we put them in a flowy blouse and they instantly feel frumpy and boxy. It hides the parts they love. It's the style not meshing with their body shape. Does this mean you can't have the style you want with the body you have or, or the coloring you have? Absolutely not. But it does mean you have to be a little bit more intentional with how you mesh your physical characteristics and your desired style. Our last element is your shopping habits. Be honest. Have you ever thought about how the way you shop affects the way you look? Most of us probably haven't, which is how we end up with a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. Your shopping style will have as much impact on your personal style as anything else. So let's take a look at a few things. I want to talk really, really briefly about the concept of easy, cheap, and good. I know I've talked about this before, but it's worth discussing again. 
Easy, cheap, and good is a life principle that says that in any undertaking, you can have two of these three, but you can't have all three. Think about it. Planning a wedding, a birthday party, remodeling your house, taking a vacation. We want things to be easy, cheap, and good, but they can't be. You can have two, not three. Again, you have to decide where your priorities are. In this, in this case, it's your shopping priorities. Often we have one life priority that is kind of chosen for us. When you're going through a financial rough patch, cheap probably has to be at the top of the list. When you've got three kids under 10 and you work full time and everyone's going to sports, easy probably has to be a guiding principle. If you want to up-level your business or get a promotion or you're already at the top and you want people to look at you like a leader, good has to be your focus. So one is probably decided for you, and then you decide what the other one is going to be. I've worked with a lot of Lindas over the years who have been going for easy and cheap and then wondered why their wardrobes don't look good. A whole wardrobe of Target or Old Navy eventually is going to catch up with you and affect your style, especially if your style is classic, classy, sophisticated, elegant. Those are styles that don't necessarily work well with cheap and easy. If you want to listen to a deeper description of this principle and how each combination affects your wardrobe, go back and listen to episode eight. If you want the skip to the end version, here it is. You can only have two and the one you don't choose is what your wardrobe will not be. So if you pick cheap and easy, that means over time your wardrobe won't be good. The big disconnect with this one usually is the mindset piece. Women defaulting to cheap and easy and then wondering why it isn't good. Another disconnect here is not reevaluating where we are in life. I worked with Alinda who built her wardrobe on good and cheap, but it occurred to her that she was in a place in her career where saving time was more important than saving money. By the way, I always say that's the definition of success. When you value time more than you value money, you have made it. Anyway, she shifted her shopping strategy from cheap and good to easy and good, and all of a sudden she was less frustrated because she wasn't spending so much effort to look the way she wanted to look. Chances are your shopping strategy will change many, many times over the years, and you've always got to be reevaluating where you are. Don't stick to the same one if it isn't serving you. You know that applies to all of my wardrobe advice. There you have it, the five elements of personal style. Your homework for the week is to pick just one element and do some thinking about it and maybe eliminate some disconnects that may be hanging around. Choose the one that resonated most with you today. As always, share your thoughts in the Everyday Style Lounge. I would love to know what you're working on. I'll be back in two weeks with some holiday outfit ideas I hope inspire you to make the upcoming season just a little more fab. Until then, stay stylish. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week. Mm -hmm.